Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about corporate finance. And to help us understand the space, our guest today is Sunaina Gatta, who is a senior financial analyst with General Motors. In today's episode, as you'll find, Sunaina shares a lot of great details about the kind of work she does, the kind of projects she works on, and what her day-to-day is like. So I hope you find the episode helpful. Sunaina has also tried some other fields in finance before she settled on corporate finance. She's tried her hand at venture capital, at investment management. And so she also shares some insights on why she eventually decided to get into corporate finance. Sunaina has an MBA from Kellogg School of Management. And so yes, let's get into the discussion. Uh, Some quick housekeeping notes before we move on. In one of my previous episodes, I had asked if any of you is interested in helping out with LED and one of the people who responded is Supraja Medinti and this particular episode that you're listening to has been edited and produced by Supraja. So I want to give a quick shout out to her. She has been extremely helpful and I'm looking forward to working with her. I am still looking for someone who can help me with LED's website, so redesigning it and moving it to WordPress. And I'm also looking for someone who can help with increasing LED's audience, LED's distribution. I do not do any marketing. So someone who can look at that would be very good. So if any of you is interested in helping out, you can reach out to me at hello at learneducatediscover.com. All right, with that, now let's listen to Sanana about what it's like to work in corporate finance. Hey, Sonali. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time. I, I feel that your schedule seems to be so unpredictable that I'm super happy that I've finally been able to catch you for this recording. I'm excited to be here um, and thank you for accommodating the schedule changes. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think we will definitely talk a little bit about what your job is like and how it might lead to certain unpredictability in your schedule, but that's for later. Let's start with your career path. That's usually a good place that I like to start these discussions with. So mm-hmm. can you give us a quick snapshot of your career path so far? And also, if you can talk about some of the important decisions that you took along the way and why you took those decisions. Sure, absolutely. So I have about, I would say, close to nine years of experience in finance right now. I started off initially with investment banking at UBS India and in, in their Hyderabad division. Been there for about two years, but my work was mostly supporting the U.S. bankers. At that point, I realized I wanted more client interaction. I moved on to investment management space again within in Hyderabad, India. Worked in an investment management firm, was serving private, similar to private banking relationship. I was there in that role about two years. Uh, gave a great experience of you know being able to use your analysis and then speak and present it to clients. Eventually, I moved on to venture capital space. Hyderabad was heating up with startups coming more and more to Hyderabad. And then it it presented a great opportunity for someone from finance field to be able to explore that. While I was in that field, I wanted to, I've always wanted to pursue an MBA from a a top business school. And while I was in my role with the venture capital firm in Hyderabad, I thought it was the right time 
to uh, go expand my skills beyond finance. And I joined Kellogg. It was a great one-year experience there at Kellogg. And post-Kellogg, I've been working with General Motors for about 10 months now. Yeah, yeah. All right. So some questions on what you just said. So actually, to clarify for anyone who might be listening in and who is not from India, so Hyderabad is like one of these top tech cities in India, and it has companies such as Microsoft and Google that have their offices there. Bangalore is the other one that people tend to hear about. So the question that I have for you, Sanena, is that you clearly, like you said, you have nine years of experience in finance, and you've tried Mm -hmm. these various fields. You've tried investment banking, you've tried investment management, venture capital, and now you're in corporate finance. So why did you decide to go into corporate finance versus some of these other fields? Interesting question. And I think as part of my career choice, I kept asking myself the same thing. One thing I want to say is that I absolutely adore finance. I knew always that that's the field I would want to work in. I feel very strongly about that field and I have skill sets that match perfectly. So I knew I wanted to be in finance, but while I was exploring investment banking, venture capital and other spaces, all these while I was on the outside of a firm, I was more on the advisory side. I wanted to get an insider perspective of the business, get a more in-depth view of the business, not just end at giving the recommendation, but being able to see an end-to-end that is giving the recommendation and see the implementation part of it. And that is where corporate finance comes in. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so this is a very nice explanation that you just gave that a lot of these other like more famous, so to say, functions such as investment banking tend to be very much of an advisory functions. So you're Mm -hmm. Just on the outside, you're reviewing what companies are doing and you might be advising them on various things. Whereas now as part of corporate finance, you are inside the company, you're part of the company. So I want to ask you what is corporate finance, but I would love to hear about why you were so interested in finance from such a young age. What got you so interested in finance? Because so I'll tell you, I I hate finance. <laughs> I really do not like it. So what do you like so much about this function? I, I guess it's to do with the fact that Math has always been something that interested me as a kid. And it's a great mix of using and playing with the numbers, but at the same time, being able to see the broader strategy and, you know, a broader picture of a company through these numbers. So it is my vision into uh, a company. It just gets me excited every time I look at a company first as numbers and then see those numbers form a better picture. Just gives me um, a great excitement. Interesting. Was there anything specific that you did or was there any experience that you had which helped you realize that you might be interested in finance? Because, you know, you could take your math interest, for example, into engineering or you could have taken your math interest into science. So why finance? While I was in my high school, I started exploring finance. I knew engineering was always an option. To be very honest, the place that I come from, India, it's quite natural for people to choose engineering over finance. It was very unorthodox when I said I wanted to pursue finance. But for me to be sure about that, I took a couple courses in my high school related to finance, be it economics, accounting. And I sort of loved it more and more. I Mm. enjoyed it better. And I always thought I would want to do something that I enjoy rather than stick to a norm. Interesting. So taking the courses helped you sort of figure out that, yes, you are interested in this. Yes, absolutely. All right. Cool. So then why don't you tell us what is corporate finance? Okay. Uh, interesting. It's like it's a very broad 
function, I would say, to just be able to say corporate finance is basically this. And again, as we go further, and we, I keep talking more about how the role currently I am in is very different from the roles I previously held, we'll be able to see corporate finance is going to be primarily a support function. But this is a support function to the business. And it's going to be very, very essential for you to be able to integrate the analysis that you do with the business for it to make a meaningful sense. It is, again, those financial statements and analysis and budgeting and reporting and a lot more than that. There is going to be risk management. There is a lot more than that, but it is essentially a support function. So it's incredibly important that you are aware of what's happening in the main part of the business to be able to execute this. So let me ask the question a little differently. If you were to say that these are some of the primary goals of someone in corporate finance, what do you mm-hmm. think those would be? Like, let's say you head corporate finance or you're the CFO. What, what are your goals if you're part of this function? I would come up with a list of things. First, let's say there would be profitability, business profitability. So that's again, while the business operations side of it is a different one of being able to manufacture and looking at the supply chain but the profitability part of the business is one thing that the CFO will be extremely responsible for. And when you talk about the profitability, you would be looking at every metric that goes in there, be it revenue, be it cost, be it how are you financing the business? Is it equity? Is it debt? What are the what are the uh, distributions to your shareholders? If you have excess profit, do you want to reinvest in the business? Do you want to be able to share it with your shareholders? Do you want to repay debt? If you have forex exposure, if you have commodity exposure, how do you manage that? So a lot of these things go into a CFO's job. And, and then the scope only gets wider and wider as, as the companies become larger. Hmm. I mean, so if you were to describe some broad buckets, I guess one broad bucket from what you're describing is getting capital for the business. That is one mm-hmm. thing which someone in corporate finance would look at. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is, is the actual profitability of the business. So while there will be different business units who are running their own business and figuring out how to make money and how to reduce costs, you're the one who's ultimately responsible for keeping an eye on the profitability of the business. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I guess you're also looking at uh, filing the financial reports and all of those things. Yes. So, I mean, can you share examples of some projects that someone in corporate finance might work on? Yes, absolutely. Um, Let's take an example of a global firm like General Motors. Now, we have operations in North America and South America. Till a couple of while ago, we had operations in Europe, India, Southeast Asia, China. Now, each of these business entities will have their own cash requirements. One aspect of corporate finance that many people are not aware of, for example, is liquidity management. How are you managing the liquidity within these different business segments. North America may be, may be making profits and sitting on hoards of cash, but let's say South American business is still evolving and they might need some investment. How are you able to decide that North America pass on some cash to South America and then they use internally generated cash rather than borrowing from an external party? Things like this, managing liquidity is something that we look at almost on a day-to-day basis exposures with the global firm comes forex exposures. And these markets could be very volatile. Um, Managing these exposures on a day-to-day basis is important. While these are projects which you will be looking on on a more periodic basis, 
there are other long-term projects like you have your supplier contracts. How are you managing those risks? How are you monitoring your suppliers? What is their credit rating? Where are these suppliers located? What is the currency exposure again there? What is the commodity price exposure again there? So a lot of these things go into a day-to-day job of uh, a corporate fund. And, and these are just some of the buckets that I'm mm. mentioning. This is very interesting. So I want to try and connect what you just described with what you said that you are a supporting function. So let's mm-hmm. take the example of uh, managing liquidity. So the example that you gave is that let's say you're a huge global conglomerate and North America, let's say, has a lot of cash and the South America business or the South America unit is still growing and evolving. So they might need some cash. So mm-hmm. I would like you to explain it to what level is someone in corporate finance involved? So for example, is someone in, let's say, strategy, like corporate strategy, figuring out how much money they should have and then the finance function sort of figures out how to make that happen and what that would mean for profitability or how does it work? So I I guess I'm basically trying to understand how is the distribution of responsibility like? Okay, that's a very valid question, uh, Sonali. And and a lot of times uh, what happens is the nomenclature could differ across companies. Like what you just called as corporate strategy could be well within a finance function. It it could be a finance corp dev function for someone like General Motors, uh, again, while the nomenclature could be different, a lot of times companies, uh, financial analysts across these teams will be working on this. They would be establishing the long-term plan. But again, finance is just the numbers. As I said, we will be supporting this. So we get inputs from the business units, the actual business, uh, the manufacturing units, the sales units, the incentives units, all these people give us information on what do they expect to sell, be able to sell at what price and with what incentives. And the manufacturing side provides us the costs pertaining to this. Mm. We build the models. Our role at this point would be supporting, trying to make the business case to be able to, let's just take an example of South America when I said it's growing. And how did you make the decision to enter South America? You have made all this market analysis that could be part of the corporate strategy team. But once you have entered into that market, it's mostly the finance team that is working with the business units to establish the medium and the long-term plan and decide how much cash would they be able to generate, what would be the deficit or excess. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, actually, I, I think it'll be a good idea to go through a project in detail. So why don't you pick a project which is very typical of what someone in corporate finance might work on up to your risk management, exposure, anything. And let's go through some the typical stages that you would go through in that project. Sure, uh, absolutely. Let's do that. But uh, what I would want to stress on uh, Sonali is that every project is going to be different. Hmm. And I won't be able to say that there are these typical steps which we would follow in corporate finance. And I think that's what makes it more exciting than it's more popular uh, cousins of investment banking or venture capital space. Every stage is not predetermined. You will have to be agile and be able to adjust according to every stage. Mm. But I'll take an example of one project, which is probably a little more standardized across most companies. Now, every year, every company is required to have their annual board meetings. While... There is a strategy bit of it involved. Most of the information that a board sees is in the form of numbers. 
how was our performance in the previous year versus our budget, and then present the plan for the next year. At this point, I mean, I'm going to talk about something like what we call as our capital plan. General Motors has this capital allocation framework that we came up with. It's a it's a very popular Harvard business case as well. In 2015, when um, General Motors came out and they announced that they would follow a capital allocation framework, which means they will be able to decide how much to invest in a into the business requirements based on the return of invested capital. Use some portion of the excess cash towards maintaining a strong balance sheet and then return the balance to the shareholders. So every year when we go to the board, my team is responsible for preparing this capital plan for the board to view. Mm -hmm. So first we start collecting information from uh, the capital management team, which again, incidentally, happens to be an extension of finance team. This is the team which maintains projects, details of projects in the running, any new projects that we would want to launch. And when I say projects, it could be a new vehicle, it could be just a new variation of a vehicle or just a new plant or a warehouse, a lot of things that go into capital management. They maintain a list of all these projects. They evaluate the return on invested capital of these projects, if these projects meet the, you know, the benchmark that we would want to have for our company. And once they decide that these are the viable projects and we should be investing in this, the balance is available for, for the other division, which is, okay, let's say we have about 15 billion of cash, of which 8 billion goes into capital management's budget, which is investing into projects. The balance could be given into others. So we come up with a list of other actions that we could take, be it paying down some of debt, managing our pension plans, or once that is done, then what is left to be distributed to the shareholders? Do we want it to be dividends? Do we, do we want it to be buybacks? So what we do in this plan is we source a lot of information from a lot of other finance units, prepare this, present it to our board. This would be, a, I, again, I won't say this is a very typical project, but this is one of the more standard projects that we would probably do. And usually in this kind of project, how many people are involved, at least from a corporate finance standpoint? There would be multiple, actually. You will have the corporate finance team that is preparing the medium-term plans, which is basically working with the business unit to first project how much cash are we going to generate. Then there is the capital management team, which is working on the project. Then there is the capital planning team, which will decide whether we want to pay down debt, pensions, or how do we treat the shareholders. Then at this point, we are also working with the investor relations team mm -hmm. to understand what are, what are the dynamics in the markets. I would say at any given point in time, there are at least about 20 to 30 different people working across four or five teams. That's okay. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. And, and so, okay, I guess based on what you just said, teams like investor relations, these are all part of corporate finance. Investor relations is usually not part of corporate finance. One, because their role is primarily to be able to communicate the internal dynamics to an external mark, external stakeholder. They usually treat it as a, a separate division. But all the others that I talked about, capital mm -hmm. management, capital planning, the uh, financial planning and analyst groups, all these groups are typically corporate finance. 
Yes, I think this would be very helpful to talk about. Do you think there are, you know, four or five teams or functions that you would typically find in a corporate finance team? Because what, based on what you're describing, it sounds like, you know, corporate finance is like a broad term, right? Like it's a, there's a lot of different things happening. And so I'm guessing that people have some sort of specialization. Someone might be specializing in commodity risk management and someone else is specializing, uh, like you said, capital management. So can you describe that typically like in a large company like General Motors, what are some of the key specializations or teams you might find? Okay, perfect. Uh, So I would start with what is generally associated with corporate finance. Most of the time when people say corporate finance, they associate it with what we refer to as CFPA, which is a corporate finance planning and analysis group. This is the group that will be responsible for helping all the smaller business units or the segments prepare their plans and budgets and then keep tracking the actual performance versus this. So that would be a typical, very typical corporate finance team that you would find. Mm -hmm. Then there would be capital markets team, which would be responsible for issuing debt or equity or share buybacks and things like that. Then there would be a treasury operations group usually, which is managing this liquidity portion of, of how much does business segment A have, how much does business segment B have, can we transfer cash between these two? And if you want to transfer it, what is the mode to transfer it? Should it be transferred in US dollars because business segment segment B is actually in Europe? Can we transfer it in US dollars? Do they need it in Euro? What will be the Forex exposure? So this team is usually tracking all this. Supporting this team would be the Forex team who would be looking at the Forex and commodities. And this could again depend on the scope of the company as well, where the company is operating. Yeah. Then the other team that you would very typically also see as the accounting team. While accounting team on its own could be very different, there's usually a corporate fin- an accounting team supporting the corporate finance to be able to understand the accounting implications of everything that they do. Right, right. Very broadly, those will be few. No, this is this is really, really helpful because, you know, from the point of view of someone who, let's say, says that, you know, hey, I want to help companies with their finance functions and I want to be involved with some large companies. Based on what you described, it sounds like at some point in time, you will have to move into one of these functions, right? Or something... It might be called something else, but broadly yeah. speaking, these are some of the areas that you would be uh, going into. Yes. Right? Okay. And uh, another thing which I think will be helpful is that, you know, I would like to shed some light on some of the things that someone in your function thinks about. So maybe go a little bit deeper into some of the things that you mentioned that you do in a project. So like you mentioned that you might be thinking about, okay, should I allocate this money towards debt or equity? Or take take any decision that you think is like a representative of some of the decisions that someone in corporate finance takes. And just, you know, quick summary of some of the things that you think about as you're making these decisions. Yes, absolutely. A few things that you would be thinking about is externally, the um, management would have made some commitments in terms of what our margins would be, what our free cash flows would be, how much dividend would we want to give out or how much shareholder return do we want to generate? There are various targets. Like, for example, General Motors has a target on how much cash we would want to maintain, how much debt we would want to maintain. So 
definitely that would become one of the things that you would want to look at. The senior management would have seen the bigger picture before making these decisions and making these targets. So you you would want to see whether every activity that you do, how is it contributing towards this target? Mm-hmm. That is definitely one of it. But the second and, and, and the more important thing is actually to be able to do a cost-benefit analysis at every stage. Just analyzing a transaction from does this make sense? What is the financial implication of this? How do I analyze this would be a second but more important thing. These are broadly the two things that you would be looking at apart from other, you, you will always look at what could be the legal implication of it, the tax implication of it, the accounting implications of it, but those are extensions. Hmm. In, in general, you would be looking at the financial viability of any transaction and then how is it contributing to the to the management's targets. Right. So I guess you're spending a lot of time in a Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Some roles more on this versus others, but yes, a lot of Excel. Yeah. So can you also talk about the typical hierarchy that you might see in a corporate finance function as in, let's say you are an MBA. Or actually, I don't know mm-hmm. at what level you join, but you know what is typically the starting level and then how do you move up? Okay. Sonali, before we talk about that, I just want to clarify one particular thing about General Motors, Mm -hmm. the way they organize their corporate finance team, if that's all right. Of course. So the way this function is, uh, the role that I am in is organized is it's a rotational program. So every year, I will be required to rotate across all of these functions. Like it's open to everything. So right now I'm in capital planning. I might move to Forex and commodities at the end of one year. And then at the end of second year, I'll be taking up another role. Hmm. So what I do with this is I get exposure to each of these functions. Having said that, typical hierarchy of uh, corporate finance would be you have your CFO, then you have your business unit heads. Hmm. Supporting these business unit heads would be your finance director, your manager, and then analyst. But apart from these people, CFOs usually have their own staff who would be consolidating all this information for them from the business units. So you have the treasurer's office. That is where I work currently. Hmm. Um, You have the treasurer. Then you have the directors. You have, again, different teams. Each director usually manages two or three different teams. And for each team, you have manager and an analyst. Again, nomenclature could differ across companies, but it could be an analyst or an associate. Mm -hmm. That is the role that I'm currently in. Makes sense. Okay. So, and then in terms of the entry level, so you join as an analyst or an associate, whatever the language is. And Mm -hmm. so if you have an MBA, that's the post MBA position that you'll be hired at. Yes. That's the post MBA position that I would be joining at. Okay. Do you also hire undergrads? Uh, Yes. So because we call uh, all the analysts as analysts, we have for MBAs, we have the title as senior financial analyst and the BBAs would be hired as just finance analyst. Okay. All right. So think of think of it as in an investment banking terms, it would be an associate and an analyst. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar. And what backgrounds do you look for? Corporate finance in general could be very varied. I can speak more about general motors, but in general, there would be no restriction on background we would actually want to see people from varied background being able to do finance functions. 
we recruit from MBAs and BBA colleges. And when it comes to BBA, you don't necessarily have the, you know, the full finance exposure. So you could be an engineering graduate, you could be a science graduate mm. or an economics graduate. There's no restriction in terms of what background you look for, but it is incredibly important for the candidate to be aware that at some point he or she would need to sharpen their finance skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 I, I'll come back to this later because I would love to talk a little bit in more detail about kind of things that candidates can do if they're interested in mm-hmm. getting into the function. But it sounds like, you know, just in terms of growth trajectory, corporate finance is a good function to get into if you want to become the CFO of a company. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? So that that's what all of you are aspiring to, to become. All right. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So... Are there other parts just for the sake of completeness? So you're saying in terms of how do the career paths develop for corporate finance analysts? Yeah. So one direction is definitely being the CFO. And the other thing to uh, remember, Sonali, is that finance is a very common subject. The analysis doesn't change. How you apply the analysis has very limited what I want to say is that it's it's not very varied. Hmm. What changes is the business situation of the business case. So once you are able to acquire these financial analytic and strategy skills, you are able to have a cross-industry movement. So that's one of the ways you could keep growing and gathering extra knowledge. But the other good opportunity uh, for someone who is aspiring to be a CFO is the alternate could be moving into strategy consulting. Hmm. Oh, but you can go from consulting like to CFO because I would imagine that to get to CFO, you have to have a strong finance, yes, like operational finance uh, experience. Yes, absolutely. And and if you see, most of the CFOs actually make to the CEO position, and the reason is that you're able to build your strategy and analytic skills as well, and hmm. so the exit could possibly be on the strategy and consulting side as well. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting to hear. And and then another important point that you made is that it's a fairly versatile, like it's a very good skill set which can be applied across many different industries. So it sounds mm-hmm. like it's not that you are locked down to let's say automotive or anything. Like mm-hmm. tomorrow you could become someone in in corporate finance in let's say a retail company or a tech company and so on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. So then let's talk a little bit about your day-to-day aspects and some of the more qualitative aspects of the job. So on a typical day, if I were to run into you, what are some of Mm -hmm. the things that I would find you working on? So some roles in corporate finance would be more process-oriented versus the others. It could be more project-based. Like in my case, it's very much project-based. If GM is planning to do something or has done something, my role would be to analyze the impact of it on an external um, stakeholder or start communicating with the external stakeholder. Mm. But if you are looking at a process-oriented roles, I mean, yes, there is a, a good amount of reporting and tracking, but there is also a good amount of deciding and analyzing how, how to manage the next few days or a few months um, or the next one quarter. So there will be a lot of, and when I say planning, I, I don't want it to go into that bucket of where people see that this is the this is the forecast that you're making. No, it doesn't have to be just a forecast of how much sales you're making, but it could be a forecast of various other things like 
which plant is functioning at what capacity can we move some of this some of the overcapacity to another plant which is working at probably at, at a lower capacity and depending on what role you are supporting sonali there could be a huge variation on your day to day activities yeah so it's probably very very variable I, but i i, I guess yes. you know for for an analyst you know at a very like you know broad sweeps right if you were mm-hmm. to divide your activities amongst let's say a significant chunk is spent on at the actual modeling and the analysis in your spreadsheet and then another mm-hmm. chunk let's say spread on tracking and reporting and generating uh, you know maybe some kind of reports that you can share with others you know perhaps mm-hmm. there's another chunk on meetings how would you split your time across these various activities if i were speaking about my role currently i would say um it's probably 60% of modeling and analysis hmm. 30% roughly of reporting and when i say reporting it's the analysis that i've done I, i will have to report this to my manager my treasurer and a lot of times to the cfo as well so it would be a presentation of those of those findings and supporting those findings and again there will be roughly 10% of tracking as well but again it would differ from an analyst if you were to ask some other analyst in the planning and budgeting team it would be an exact opposite of what i have said no of course and and but this is helpful right because it, it clearly it's apparent that the majority of your time is spent in the actual modeling and that's important right like you have to yeah. like that if you want to do something like this another thing which will be helpful to understand is that how does this split vary as you're growing in the function right so mm-hmm. i'm guessing the amount of time that you're doing the actual modeling goes down and you're spending more and more time in the planning yes absolutely there is a drastic decrease in the amount of time you spend on modeling and the reason i say drastic decrease is unlike investment banking it's not about eight different analysts working for one manager it's usually much smaller teams so you have a uh, one or two analysts working for a single manager now as you make it to the managerial level what happens is these analysts handle the next coming analysts end up handling most of the modeling work and it's not like you're building a business case every day mm. there is a good amount of reuse in what ha- the an- analysis that has already been done mm-hmm. so the amount of time spent on actual modeling would be far lower for a manager the amount of time that goes before modeling in terms of first trying to decide what our assumptions are going to be how does it fit into the organization strategy that portion of work actually increases for the manager and above makes sense makes sense so what do you think are some of the most interesting aspects of this job and what i what i would love for you to answer this using what lens is that you know let's say someone comes up to you and says hey sonana should i work in corporate finance or not actually a better question is tell me why i should work in corporate finance mm-hmm. what would you say okay one of the most interesting thing about finance as i started this i mentioned it support function so the most interesting thing is that it's always going to be cross functional Hmm. which means you would be always interacting either with the capital team with the marketing team or with the sales and incentives teams or with the manufacturing team whatever team you want to take pick which is more closer to the business but it's always going to be cross functional so you tend to build 
good presentation and negotiation skills as you work through this. It's not just the finance and analytics skills that you're building, but a lot of people management, a lot of presentation, a lot of negotiation. So I think that's what makes this very interesting is you broaden your skill set so much by working in this one field. Hmm. I can definitely see that because you have to, you have to interface with so many different business units and teams that you're bound mm-hmm. to be exposed to many, many people across the company. Yes. What else? Does anything else come to mind? Hmm. Let me think about that. Yeah. The other thing that comes to my mind would be uh, the ability to be able to see the other person's perspective, which actually helps you uh, build your leadership skills. Now, if you want to be able to convey your business case to marketing team and say, hey guys, the plan that you presented doesn't work and we should rather do something a little bit different, which could help us improve our sales. For you to be able to say to this to an expert who has been doing marketing and probably even successful marketing over some period of time requires you to be able to see the bigger picture of the firm, this, get the strategy part of it right. Hmm. So that's the other skill set. I, I think this field actually of working in corporate finance helps you build a lot of skill set that are required eventually for every successful leader. Hmm. So I'm, I'm going to try and push you a little bit on this. And if you can't think of something, that's totally fine, right? But so the... Uh-huh. Think about this from the point of view of someone who's, you know, sort of like, hey, you know, this this sort of sounds interesting, but I'm not sure if I should do it. And I just want to know that, you know, how, why is it that people who love corporate finance, why do they love it? What would you tell them? I, I can tell you why I like, like it, Sonali. I think the scientific part of it is that there is no I feel it should be this way. There is mm-hmm. always going to be an answer and you will be able to defend it. The strength in the fact, trying to get the facts, the strength, seeing the strength in the facts, and then at the same time, being able to see how those facts affect the hypothesis that other people have. I think that's what makes it exciting for me. You are seeing everything from a different lens than what a regular business person is seeing. Yeah. No, I, I definitely like that answer because I think that is definitely something which you can say uh, is unique about finance that you're dealing with very specific things as opposed to, you know, hey, I feel it should be like this. So this is my intuition. This probably, yeah. it, this is much more definitive. All right. Are there any things that you do not like about working in finance or co- corporate finance to be specific? <laughs> Reporting. <laughs> I, I mean, in whatever way you end up having to, it's a requirement. Don't get me wrong. It's not something that I, you shouldn't do. You have to do it. Would I rather not do it? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's the reporting bit as something which could get a little monotonous, but ultimately it is these reports that help us make decisions. Now, how do you slice or dice the reports? Make it a little more interesting? Probably yes, but, but that's one aspect of my job that I might be a little yeah. not very excited about. No, absolutely. And I, I think this is a universal feeling. I, I'm yet to meet someone who is in love with reporting, but I don't know. <laughs> Are there things that you find challenging? So, you know, you might still like them uh, because they might be complex, but are there things that you find particularly challenging about working in corporate finance? Yes, absolutely. Oh, it's just the breadth of the 
functions, the roles that are involved in corporate finance that makes it a little difficult for you to say that I am I'm a very good corporate finance analyst. Like, let's just say if you're looking at Forex, do the same concepts apply to uh, someone who would want to, who is currently working in capital markets, uh, raising equity? They don't. So it's just the breadth of the skills that you would need to eventually be able to understand it. Is I think that's one aspect of corporate finance role that is going to make it challenging. But do you think one single person needs to develop expertise or across such a vast breadth of areas, or, or do you, or should you be specializing? No, you don't need to be. Most of the corporate finance analysts, again, this this would depend upon how the company's you know crafting their roles, but. Companies either go for what you call it as a specialist, that is, this person has been doing forex risk management uh, for some time and they would continue to do it. And this person is going to keep investing our cash and they know how to trade, so they'll keep doing it. Hmm. So companies do have specialists, but quite a few companies actually have chosen to go more generalist. Now, these people will not be able to develop expertise in any one field. But do we need expertise? No, we need uh, these generalists to be able to grow eventually. As The idea is not to develop super financial analyst, but a, a better financial manager or mm. a finance leader. Oh, that's so, a very interesting. Okay. Can you share examples of some companies where, you know, a company that takes more of the generalist approach and some companies that take more of the specialist approach? So... Like General Motors, for example, is a very generalist approach. As I mentioned, I'll have to take a rotation every one year, which means I will be exposed at the end of third year. I would be, uh, and then at the end of third year, this current program is an upper out, okay. which means I would be either promoted <laughs> as a manager or I'll have to be out of the yeah. firm. But within this three years, I have experienced three different functions within corporate finance. What investment banking, on the other hand, would do is that you would be more of a specialist. And most traditionally, manufacturing firms most traditionally have had specialists rather than generalists. The concern that companies have had with building specialists is that you tend to get so siloed and then they, you look at, start looking at just your function that many companies have now actually moved towards having a more generalist approach. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a very good insight. Okay. Is there anything that you wish you had known before you got into corporate finance? Is there something I wish I would have known? I would leave it a little more general and say it's important that we know our priorities and be able to align align them like I mentioned, you need to know what is corporate finance in that particular company that you would want to join. Hmm. How do they view corporate finance? Is it a specialist? Is it a generalist? Now, I'm lucky that General Motors has a generalist approach because that is what I wanted, but I wish I had explored it. Uh, it's coincidental, but I wish I had explored that a little bit more in terms of being able to understand where do I want to grow? Do I want to yeah. be a generalist or a specialist? So how do you assess that? Let's say you're a candidate and you're trying to figure that out. And of course, you're outside the company. How do you figure mm -hmm. that out? To understand more about the companies, what I would recommend is reach out to as many analysts, as many managers, especially people who have worked in the, who are currently with the firm, who have grown within the firm. And more importantly, people who have exited the firm. 
because people who have exited the firm have even better idea of not just how have they grown within the firm and but also what opportunities did it present to them mm-hmm. once they were out of the firm so i would reach out to as many people as possible and to compare and contrast it would be very essential that you reach out to some other companies analysts or managers in some other companies that have corporate finance roles that would be a very good starting point and what are some good questions to ask you know oftentimes i think what happens is that let's say i reach out to someone at some company you know if you just directly ask that you know hey do you like it and is it a good company unless you have a close relationship with that person it's unlikely mm-hmm. that they are going to tell you something too negative if they have to tell you something negative so what are some good questions which are a good way to figure out what the situation is like some of the good questions that i would ask is talk about any specific project so long as it's not obviously confidential but if they can talk about important projects and how did they get involved what was their role that gives you an idea of how much exposure does an analyst get into the project also talk about what are the different kind of functions that they were able to handle in this regard i think it will be a good option to reach out to managers because they probably would have had more experience within the firm than an analyst i would even reach out to uh, someone in a senior management role and see how their career has moved from time to time now when i was reaching out to people from general motors and i was speaking to someone from senior management level there were a couple of people who in 14 years with general motors have had 12 to 13 different roles that oh, just wow. goes yeah. to show what kind of people finance professional does general motors want to develop at the same time i reached out to many other other companies try to understand what are the different kind of functions these people have taken now these could be different functions or different projects so you will have to know what you want to do and ask questions that are able to answer align with your interests right right yeah no that's super helpful also do you find like you know i'm sure there are people reaching out to you to ask you about your job do you think that there are Uh, some common misconceptions that people tend to hold about corporate finance which are actually not true yeah absolutely and i say that very confidently because <laughs> when i was looking at corporate finance there were a lot of people my own classmates who were surprised why would you look into corporate finance it, it's at the end planning and budgeting and tracking so that is one common misconception that people have that it's not a fancy role all you do is work on reports and mm-hmm. uh, just keep looking at the budgets that's not true there is just varied amount of skills that go into making a good corporate finance professional and people should be aware that given these plentiful amount of opportunities within corporate finance one single company can actually offer you a ton of experience mm-hmm. you know back when i was in business school i would hear that of course you know investment banking is oh my god so stressful and private equity oh my god so stressful does corporate finance also get fairly stressful uh sonali since we started our call with uh, saying my schedule was all over the place <laughs> i would be honest here and say yes it can be but i won't say it is stressful it's just your work life balance could sometimes be it might just not be in the balance but in general when compared to investment banking and private equity it is yeah. way 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 better than you know in terms of timings it's right. not like you're working 80 hours a week or right. something like that right so it's, it's definitely far better, better less travel 
Makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure there's not much travel involved uh, once you're aligned with one single company. But the erraticness in the schedule is that more sort of spiky that okay, you know, maybe there's a deadline that's coming up and something like that, which leads to, you know, maybe one or two tight days and then it's back to normal. Yes, and I'll just connect it back to what I mentioned that the roles are so varied. For some roles, it's very predictable that the end of the month or the beginning of the month is going to be. a heavy workload but hmm. in some roles like mine it's it's a little bit erratic but then if there are ups there are downs as well so there are days when i'm able to leave uh, come in at 10 and leave at 5 but then there are days when i'll have to stay back up till 8 or 9 yeah finishing up a project yeah 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 all right so then i just have a couple of more questions from the point of view of someone who might be interested in joining corporate finance so hmm. if you were to think about four or five skills that are needed to succeed in corporate finance what do you think they would be and you know i would really love it if you could try and talk about things which you think are fairly unique to corporate finance which are absolutely necessary for for success in this function okay sure first and i i think this is probably a little bit obvious but yes they should be able to work with numbers of course yeah. um they should probably be in love with numbers as well but i would pocket them into two things now in terms of skill sets i would say you should have some good excel modeling skills you should be good with your powerpoint and presentation skills in terms of attributes that you would need to succeed in this role i would say diligence if you are diligent if you have attention to detail and if you are able to use your numbers then use the qualitative aspects of the business and overlay on these numbers which could change your conclusion altogether then you're doing a great job while you have attention to detail you should not be wearing your blinders you should you should be able to see the broader picture and you know apply the other learnings from other business cases onto this hmm. so are you saying that you should be able to tell a story with numbers is that what you're saying It's not just a story sonali when i say understand the other aspects like your numbers could be telling you something but if you are able to understand the underlying business situation mm-hmm. the conclusion that you arrive at could be a lot different than what the numbers are just throwing up oh so can you share an example maybe okay let's just take an example of and and this is just as a caution i'm just going to say that It's a very hypothetical situation I'm talking about. There is no real business information that I'll be sharing here. But if General Motors were thinking about, do we launch a product? If I look at pure financial numbers, I would say, hey, these are these are my forecasts. If I see the present value of these, it is negative. Let's not go into it. Hmm. But then, if I'm able to also see, you know what's the business case of it why do i need that product what happens if i don't have that product and then put that analysis along with this that's the qualitative aspect mm-hmm. of it put that analysis overlay my numbers onto that analysis and see the picture i would be able to say yes we make loss but if we are not present in this how do the competitors react what will they do in this situation do we block entry of someone of some other competitors by being able to launch this product. Uh, I think things yeah. like this is mm-hmm. what adds that oomph factor to a 
a corporate financial analyst. Yeah, yeah. This is actually a very, very good example. And so it's like, it's almost what you're saying is that you cannot be too caught up in your numbers. You have to be yes. able to take the big picture into account and make the right decision for the business or recommend the right yes. decision. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that, it's good you brought this up because I was about to ask you, what do you see? What do you think the best corporate finance professionals do? Like what makes them stand out? I guess that this is what your answer would have been or is there something else? Yes, absolutely this. But then the other thing that I would want to stress on is if you want to exceed and grow in as a corporate finance analyst, then eventually what we all would want to be is usually a CFO or a business head or a PNL head. So whatever leader that you would want to be, there should be an agility to quickly move and adjust to the business situation and also a willingness to learn. If you're able to learn about each and every aspect of this business, you don't have to be an expert in this, but if you just get general understanding of how another function or another segment of the business impacts your role or your analysis or your report, I think that that's what makes a good corporate finance analyst. That's a really good point. So then I guess someone like that is really, is he or she going out and talking to as many people as possible across the company? How, yes, how are they doing on, that? An, on a daily basis, I think I reach out to at least, on, and, and I'm not joking, this is on a daily basis, I reach out to at least three or four different teams hmm. just to be able to do my job decently well. And if I want to excel and be able to understand and grow professionally as I do my work, the number of teams that I'll have to reach out to is just going to grow. Yeah. Which actually brings up a point that you need to be someone who is very comfortable working in a cross-functional role and working with many, many different people, being able to influence, right? Because otherwise you will not be able to do your job, even if you're excellent at numbers. Yes. And then that's where you will run the risk of getting, you know, siloed into your analysis and the numbers if you don't end up speaking to people and meeting and understanding their perspective. Right. There's always this chance. Right. So let's say that, you know, I hear your podcast and I'm like, wow, you know, I I want to do corporate finance. Or actually, let's say that it sounds interesting. I'm not 100% sure that this would be the right fit for me, but I want to sort of try it out. What's a Mm -hmm. a good way to get a feel for for the work? A good feel for the work is probably read a little bit about what different CFOs are doing or what's a trending topic in corporate finance. Like CFO Magazine is a good place. Wall Street Journal has the CFO Journal subscription. If you're able to see these, you know, read these things and see these trending topics, you'll be able to get a good picture of what are the kind of things that CFO or the CFO staff, which is essentially the entire corporate finance team working on, what are the developments in this area. And just like any other area, this is a growing space things change quite often. I mean, it's not probably not as uh, agile as a tech space, but there are significant changes happening in this space as well. Hmm. So just to make sure that I got the resources. So CFO magazine, is this an online thing or is it like you have to subscribe to it? It's like a physical magazine. I do believe they have an online subscription as well. Okay. But the print version is available as well. So if people want to find out about it, is there a website or do they just search for CFO magazine? I can't recollect the website, but uh, yes, searching for CFO magazine should be should help. a good, good yeah. help. And then you said like also look at the finance section in Wall Street Journal. Yes. 
So you you'll be able to subscribe to Wall Street Journal's news articles and for different uh, specific fields. Mm -hmm. uh, CFO Journal is their uh, corporate finance focused. Uh, okay. All the news which are corporate finance focused are reported in the CFO Journal. So CFO Journal. you'll be you'll be able to see everything on news on various companies what the CFOs are doing. Okay, okay, okay. And then would it also help to maybe read you know how in your annual report there's at the end all the financials are listed would it help to like go through that and see that hey you know are these numbers making sense am i actually do i enjoy looking at this and reading this and making sense of it i always enjoyed reading what we call as the management i don't remember the it's called the mdna section of of the annual reports now this is a section in which you are not just uh, you know restating the numbers but also what is the management's view of these numbers mm. it's not plain simple financial statements but there is a logic behind those numbers and what do, what does the management see as risks to future and what are the mitigating actions that they are taking so i kind of always find that interesting to get the background about those numbers as well interesting so do you think that is that a good way to figure out that are you interested See the point is that some of this MDNA sections could get very uh, analytical uh, so it would be good to first start with just broad general CFO news and then choose one or two particular companies or an industry where you are interested in and then shortlist one or two companies and then read their MDNA instead of picking up you know just one random company uh, mm -hmm. it would be good to pick up from an industry of your choice gotcha okay All right so you already mentioned a little bit about the background at the beginning of the discussion that how you know there's the MBA that you hire the BBAs so you're hiring both at the grad level and the undergrad level and you're not necessarily looking for like a business administration kind of background you you could have a background in accounting economics uh, but you know I'm guessing like let's say if I have a background in philosophy if I have an undergrad in philosophy uh, can I still interview for a corporate finance function I would definitely say yes. Again, it certainly helps if you have a background in finance. But I have seen examples of people I work with, a lot of my colleagues who are great analysts, great managers who do not have a finance background. These are engineers, these are people from sales background, but over a period of time they have after joining in these roles, they have sharpened their financial analysis um, skills. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like it's not so much about your actual degree it's more about are you able to demonstrate some sort of quant inclination on your resume yes. is that what it is okay yes absolutely okay so you know either my role might you know offer me some quantitative analysis opportunities and that will of course be helpful mm -hmm. so like a salesperson might be doing some sort of analysis but if my role doesn't have that are there other ways that i can demonstrate a bent for quantitative analysis like can i do something else on my own which might help yes i am a cfa as well i think that's a great way if you are interested in in finance and and when it comes to cfa i would say any finance be it investment banking or corporate finance or venture capital i think cfa is a great certification to have hmm. that strongly demonstrates your uh, quant skills interesting yeah and that's something which you can do on your own yes absolutely okay All right. Let me see if I have any other questions left. No, I don't think so. You've already shared resources. Uh would you recommend anything else in terms of resources like, you know, are there certain people you follow? Are there certain 
blogs you like to read anything like that like if i want to learn more about the space if you are interested in finance it might not be directly applicable to corporate finance but i always love reading ashwath damodaran's uh, blog he is a professor at nyu stern and he has the blog i do not remember the name of this blog but if you just google for ashwath damodaran you would get his blog right away he's a financial guru on valuation but uh, his insights are very interesting you know about the economy as such some uh, tidbits on various industries it's very helpful to get this picture as you continue to work in, in you know in any specific company or any specific industry okay can you spell his name so it's a uh... A S H W A T that's the first name yes damodaran would be d a m o d a r a n okay all right so people can just search for his name and blog all right mm-hmm. awesome so this was so good like i have actually really enjoyed this conversation like i don't think i had any idea about corporate finance at all so i i feel much more intelligent now after having spoken to you or smarter Mm-hmm. So a- any other parting advice you'd like to share so it could be specific to corporate finance or just general career advice but someone who's still relatively early in their career any other advice you'd like to share Yes absolutely I think the first thing that you should always work on is to find out where your interests lie what your priorities are To be very honest I had no interest or inclination I would say in automotive industry I never thought I would be working. I didn't join Kellogg assuming that I would be working in General Motors. But I was able to prioritize say, hey, what is the work-life balance that I want? Can I sustain that with, you know, XYZ role? How do I want to grow in terms of my career? Can this role help me grow that way? So think about what your interests are and what your priorities are and once once you're able to match them with a function with a role you are bound to be successful there you are going to be interested in it wonderful thank you so much sonena this was really really good i really appreciate your time and uh, i know yeah. it's late for you it is the weekend hopefully you get some time off over the weekend um, <laughs> absolutely i'm good all right take care sonena bye bye thank you sonali it was pleasure being here all right i hope you enjoyed the discussion just before you leave do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website learneducatediscover.com where we share updates on new episodes a lot of career oriented resources and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online so do check it out at learneducatediscover.com you'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website of course if you have any questions at all or if you just want to say hello you can always email us Just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, Bye bye